five, about six people on the way to your seat. Tell them I've got something to be thankful for tonight. I've got something to be thankful for tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. Anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord on this Tuesday night? Hallelujah. You can be seated for just a few moments. Let me say what a privilege it is to have our guests that are in the house of the Lord with us. I see a few guests here tonight. Rock Church, help me put your hands together. Open up your mouth and make some noise for our guests. Come on, help me do it tonight. We are so grateful to have you in the house of the Lord. If you are streaming online with us tonight, welcome to Tuesday night at The Rock. We're grateful that you tuned in to be with us. And we are enjoying the powerful presence of the Lord in this house tonight. And uh, I have been looking forward to being in church all day long today. Anybody else feel that way? And uh, I'm thankful to be in the house of the Lord. God has been doing some amazing things. Today we baptized another young man at our Port-au-Prince campus in Haiti who was filled with the Holy Ghost coming out of the water. And I have been receiving phone calls and text messages all week long already about God doing some amazing and miraculous things in the lives of so many people that we are reaching for. And uh, I'm excited about that tonight. I want to remind you again, if you weren't here Sunday morning, that July 15th, 16th, and 17th, which were the original dates for Peak Youth Conference, there will be another conference uh, hosted as one of the substitute conferences this year in Little Rock, Arkansas, called Youth Connect. And there will be people from all over the country there. It will be an amazing time. Uh, the speakers are going to be Colton Carroll on Wednesday evening, Pastor Wesley Jackson on Thursday evening, and then <clears throat> Pastor Randy Williams from the Rock Church on Friday night. <clears throat> and um, so it's going to be an amazing time. We invite you to come to that conference if you can make it. It's going to be awesome. Did anybody come ready for the word of the Lord tonight? Let's stand to our feet all over the house very briefly as we prepare to dive into the word of the Lord tonight. It is our custom to stand in honor of the reading of the word. And if you would be so kind as to join us in honoring the word tonight. After we are seated, you're going to see lots of people that stand up throughout the service. That's just them. You don't have to stand, uh, but you're welcome to if you want to. And uh, how many of you have been enjoying diving into Matthew chapter 5 the past several weeks? And uh, if you've been here, you know that we have been in the middle of a series that I have entitled The Blessed Life. And I want to continue with that tonight. I want to read just one verse of scripture and then I'm going to let you be seated. <clears throat> Matthew chapter number 5. And verse number 6 says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst 
after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Put your Bibles down and clap your hands to the Lord one more time in this sanctuary. If you're thankful for the Word of God tonight, hallelujah, amen. You may be seated. For those of you who may be catching up with what we have been studying on Tuesday nights, we have been delving into the first part of Matthew chapter 5, which is known uh, in the church world as the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are actually a part of a larger section of the Scripture known as the Sermon on the Mount. It, the Sermon on the Mount is a sermon that Jesus preached or taught to his disciples, and it encompasses all of Matthew chapter number 5, chapter number 6, and chapter number 7. It is considered by many theologians and students of the Word of God to be the greatest example of preaching that we have in Scripture. It would behoove you to study Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter number 7. There really is no other portion of Scripture in the Word of God like it. And the Beatitudes are basically the content that we would consider the prologue or the introduction of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And it is in these Beatitudes, in which there are nine of them, that Jesus launches into his sermon. And you can find contextually that there is a level of continuity from the beginning of Matthew chapter 5 that weaves its way all the way through chapter 6 and chapter number 7. And so we have been studying uh, that blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that know that without God we can do nothing. Blessed are they that know that he is the vine and we are the branches, and without him we can do nothing. I need him. I said I need him. And without him, I am nothing. I know you see this little suit I got on and this bow tie tonight, but I just came to tell you that without God, my life would be falling apart. I just came to, to, to tell you that before God found me, I, I was lost and undone. I, I just need a few honest people in the building that, that haven't forgot yet where God brought you from. One of the keys to blessing in our life is to never let go of that fresh experience that we have as a fresh convert to God and never forget the pit from which God brought us from. Can I just compel somebody today uh, that as God puts your life together uh, and as God elevates you uh, and gives you divine favor, uh, don't ever forget where you came from. 
Don't ever forget the muck uh, and the miry clay that God brought you out of. Uh, and at every chance you get, uh, you need to testify to somebody uh, about what God has done for you. The Bible said that we are saved uh, by the word uh, of our testimony. Uh, oh, I wish I had some people in the, I wish I had some ex-drug addicts in the building uh, that wouldn't mind giving God the praise right now. I just wish I had a few ex-alcoholics. Uh, okay, y'all, I'll find you. Uh, I wish I had a few liars in the building. Yeah, see, none of y'all want to stand up right now. Uh, that, that would just be grateful that God delivered me uh, from deception. I, I wish I had a few dishonest people that the blood uh, covered you and picked you up and gave you a brand new mind and, and put a, come on somebody. I'm so glad that if any man be uh, in Christ Jesus, uh, he's a new creation uh, that all things pass away uh, and behold all things things uh, are become new. Blessed are the poor in spirit. What I have, God gave it to me. My abilities are from God. Anything that has my name attached to it, all the glory belongs to him. To God be the glory uh, for the things uh, he has done. Amen. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. How many of you are thankful for a God that gets you through? I don't have time to recap all of these. Blessed are... The meek. Remember, meekness is not weakness. You'll remember that Moses was the most meek human on the face of the earth. What made him meek was his ability to think about other people before himself. Even in the face of betrayal. Even in the face of being lied on. He displayed meekness in his life. And as we continue to study tonight, verse number 6 says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. This verse is interesting because he says, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst. Now, if that's where it stopped, we would all be in good shape tonight. I know I only got seven amens, five Baptist head nods. Some of y'all on the internet over in Bedside Baptist tonight. <laughs> if it was just blessed are the hungry and thirsty, I mean, I got blessing on blessing. Hello, somebody. I got blessing on blessing. It is interesting that in this beatitude that God chooses something that when we think about hunger and thirst, 
we typically think about it from the perspective of primal instinct. This is a powerful concept because when you think about primal, the primal instinct of humanity, of a human being to survive, there are many things we could talk about there. There, there are some things that God embedded so deep in the DNA and the genetic structure of human beings that he put there to perpetuate the human race. He put it there so that we would fight to survive. That against odds, we would do everything we could do to live. And as you begin to think about some of those things, you, uh, some of them that come to mind are things like fight or flight. When faced with danger, there is an instinct in us that says, I must either fight my way to safety or run my way to safety. I don't know about you, but I've been in both situations before. Like, oh, Brother Kenny Rogers used to say, you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. <laughs> uh, know when to run, know when to walk away. Fight or flight is an instinct. I, I, I've got to survive, so I've either got to fight to defend myself or I've got to run from danger. Another human instinct is, is procreation. That's another Bible study. But the instinct is embedded so deep into humanity. That's why the enemy uses those strong instincts and perverts them. But they are put there by God to, to perpetuate the human race, to, to make sure that, that the human race has a will to continue and to survive. And in that same list of, of instincts, primal instincts, is the instinct of hunger and thirst. You don't have to put it on your calendar every day to make sure you get hungry. Some of y'all skinny folk, maybe. <laughs> y'all acting like you skinny folk right now. You, you don't have to set a reminder on your watch to get thirsty at 2 o'clock. There is something that is instinctive in the human body uh, that, that just gets hungry when you haven't eaten. That gets thirsty when you haven't drank any water. Why is it there? It is there so that there is something that perpetuates survival. You can't live long without food. You can't live very long without water. You have to have water and food to survive. When our stomach and intestines are empty, they release hormones into the blood and send signals to the hypothalamus 
And this causes particular groups of neurons in the hypothalamus to produce proteins which make you feel hungry. There is a chemistry and, and a biology to hunger. There, there is a chemical process in the body and the synapses of the mind that God placed there uh, that your body begins to tell you, 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 you need some more fuel. You need some more nutrition. You, now, now some of ours works better than others. <laughs> because it... It is instinctive. You've got to have food in order to survive. You, you'll die if you don't eat. And so if you ignore that hunger, it becomes greater and greater. Uh, and, and the dry, how many of y'all ever been hungry? I got 15 people. The rest of y'all got the calendar. Let me rephrase. How many of y'all ever been hungry? Hangry. There's a difference. You know, there's, there's like, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of hungry. Then there's like, man, I'm hungry. Then there's like, where's the keys to the car? Every once in a while I'll, I'll find myself in that place. I know I don't look like it, but every once in a while I'll find myself in a place and I'll say, honey, I'm so hungry. She'll be like, honey, I'm, I'm getting ready to make some food now. Oh, no, that ain't going to work. Mm -mm. I mean now, like I got to get to the, okay, while you're cooking food, I'm going to go eat a pre-meal meal. None of, of y'all don't, don't judge me. Don't judge me. <laughs> Come on now, some of y'all, you, you, you think you're the model for Jenny Craig. We, we know better. You can't hide hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Help us, Jesus. But I mean, it'll get loud. It'll talk to you. It'll, it'll push you. It'll, it, and if you ignore it long enough, your, your body will start having particular symptoms and, and, and you can get shaky and you'll feel fatigue and your body will want to, uh, to, to, to rest because it, it realizes there's a shortage of the incoming of, of nutrition. And so your body will actually begin to shut down mechanisms uh, to store energy because you, you have to have nutrition. That is is what hunger does in the human body. And when you think about thirst, when your body begins to run low on water, a number of changes take place. For one, the volume of your blood decreases, causing a change in blood pressure. Sometimes you'll get headaches that are an early sign of dehydration. Causes a change in blood pressure because the amount of salt and other minerals in your body is staying constant as the volume of liquid decreases, their relative concentration increases. The same number of particles in a smaller volume means that the particles are more concentrated. This concentration of particles in the body, bodily fluids relative to the total amount of liquid is known as osmolality. And it needs to be kept in a narrow range to keep the cells in your body functioning properly. 
Your body also needs a steady supply of fluids to transport nutrients, eliminate waste, and lubricate and cushion joints. To some extent, the body can compensate for water depletion by altering heart rate and blood pressure and by tweaking kidney function to retain more water. For you, though, the most noticeable indication that your body is running low on fluids is likely the feeling of thirst as you increasingly feel like you need to drink water. These are the primal instincts of survival in the human body. A desire for food and a desire to have something to drink. And so it is with this understanding and idea that the Lord introduces the character to the Christian that says, Blessed is he that hungers and thirsts after righteousness. Your hunger can be satisfied by food. Your thirst in your body can be satisfied by drinking more water. But there is something that the soul longs for that food cannot satisfy, that water cannot satisfy. As a matter of fact, there is a thing in your life that can only be satisfied by God himself. It is that very hunger and thirst in the human spirit that causes people uh, that don't know their God uh, to find drugs. Uh, what are they doing? Uh, they're hungering uh, and they're thirsty uh, for illicit relationships. Uh, what's going on? They're hungry uh, and they're thirsty uh, to live the party life. Uh, what's going on? They're hungry uh, and they're thirsty. Uh, an endless pursuit uh, for the riches of the world. Uh, what's going on? They're hungry uh, and they're thirsty. But what the world has can never fulfill that longing, that hunger, and that thirst in the spirit. You can't make enough money to make that hunger go away. You can't drive a nice enough car to stop that thirst. You can't have enough popularity or power to assuage the hunger and the thirst of the human human spirit. There is a hunger and a thirst. God begins to deal with the desire of the human spirit. And it's interesting because there are other places in Scripture, and I don't have time to, to get to all of this tonight, uh, but I want to introduce this to you. There are other places in Scripture where the Lord deals with these concepts. Uh, over in Deuteronomy chapter number 8 uh, and verse number 3, most of us uh, are not familiar with this reference, uh, but we are familiar when it is quoted by Jesus in his temptation in the wilderness. Uh, you'll remember that Satan comes to Jesus uh, and said, if thou 
thou be uh, the son of God, uh, then turn these stones into bread uh, so that you can have something uh, that will eat. You know what was happening, don't you? Uh, he was fasting uh, for 40 days uh, and 40, there's that number 40 again. Uh, he was fasting for 40 days uh, and 40 nights in the wilderness uh, and everything in his human uh, flesh uh, was screaming at him uh, that he needed food. Uh, he was lacking food. There was a physical uh, hunger that was there. Uh, and there is an interesting connection uh, to the human appetite uh, and to our spiritual condition. Uh, I don't have time to get into it, but there's a reason why that we fast. Uh, that is a spiritual discipline uh, that when we can control the physical appetite, uh, we can control uh, our spiritual appetite. Uh, when we can discipline the flesh, uh, we can bring our spirit uh, man uh, into discipline. Uh, he said, turn these stones uh, into bread. Uh, fulfill uh, that desire. Uh, take some bread uh, and eat it. Uh, but he snaps back at him uh, and he quotes Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse number 3 uh, and says, it is uh, written uh, that men shall not live uh, by bread alone, uh, but by every word uh, that proceedeth uh, out of the mouth uh, of God, I'm not hungry for just bread. There's something else that I need more than this food. There's something else I desire that's greater. When you study Deuteronomy chapter 8, you'll understand the context. Jesus is dealing with his people in the wilderness. And he said, you'll remember that the Lord brought you out into the wilderness. And he suffered you to hunger. He let you go to a place in life when you ran out of food. And you were hungry in your body. And when you were hungry, he then brought manna. And you didn't know where it came from. You didn't know how God did it, but the reason God did it is so that you would understand that men shall not live by bread alone, but by every he was teaching them there is something beyond your appetite. There is something beyond the fulfillment of your flesh that only I can provide. My God have mercy. He wanted them to understand that I'm your source. Not your job, I'm your source. Not your husband, I'm your source. Not your wife, I'm your source. Not to come on, somebody. I just feel like telling somebody tonight that God is your source. Your job is a resource. Oh, come on. If God took his hand off of it, it would all be messed up. It's just a re God said, I don't ever want you to forget that I'm the source. I'm your provider, not your job. I'm that's why I don't serve my job. I serve my God. That's why I put God first above my employer. I believe when I put God first, God will bless me with favor. God will bless me. He'll make me the head and not the tail. He'll, I wish somebody was a Bible student in this place. He'll make me above and not beneath. I'll be the head and not the tail. I'll be the lender and I won't be the borrower because I 
I understand. You can't, you ain't rich enough to give me what God gives me. You ain't got to, you couldn't print enough money to take care of me like God takes care of me. You ain't got enough medical knowledge to put your hand on my body like God can put his hand on my body. I wish I had a witness in the building. You ain't got enough cool to... God said, I led you into a wilderness and I let you be hungry so that you could come to my hand to eat. God said, quit going over here trying to fill up your stomach. Quit going over there trying to find satisfaction. Quit picking up the phone, calling your BFF, uh, looking for, I'll leave you with no answers uh, until you learn how to get on your knees uh, and call my name, uh, and you'll understand I've got the answers. Uh, I'm the one that made you. Uh, I'm the one that created you, Jeremiah 29, 11. Uh, I know the plans uh, that I have for you. Quit depending on Cursed is the man that trusteth in the arm of the flesh. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall. Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth. Out of the mind. Well, when you've got the word of God, you've got everything. You understand that everything that exists came by the word of God. He created everything out of nothing. You're sitting on a seat tonight. The word of God made that happen. You're standing on terra firma tonight. The word of God made that happen. You're breathing air into your lungs. The word of the Lord made that happen. You've got the activity of your limbs. The word of the Lord made that happen. In he deals with the idea of hunger. He had to change their appetite. He had to fix and straighten out your appetite for other gods. Your propensity to trust in man-made structures. Your propensity to trust uh, in your own ingenuity, uh, in your own history, uh, in your own strength. Uh, and ah, no, 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 no. God said, I'll let it all uh, fall apart uh, until you fall on your knees uh, and say, God, uh, if you don't feed me, uh, I'm going to die in the wilderness. Uh, God, if you don't give me something uh, to eat, I, I can't live uh, without you, God. I wish I had a witness in the building. I can't make it with her. When you're laying on a hospital bed and death is trying to take you, I don't need your bread. I don't need your I need God. Hunger. The hunger. The hunger. What are you, what you hungry for? I'm not talking about where you're going to go eat tonight. What's the desire of your heart? 
What's the focus of your life? Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst. John chapter 4, Jesus rolls into the city of Sychar. And he goes and sits on a well. It's in the afternoon, which is unique because people went to, the, to get water in the morning and the evening because of the sun. But he had an appointment with a lady that day. When she got to the well, he was already there. She found a well sitting on a well. <laughs> and he finds her coming to get water. They didn't have modern day plumbing like we had. Water was precious. The wells had to be cleaned out and dug and kept and maintained. And every day if you were going to have water, you had to work to have water. They didn't have refrigerators and storage tanks and they, they had to go to the well every day and bring water to the house. It was precious. And usually by the time you got to the well, you were ready for some water. You were thirsty. And so he finds her knowing her state of being. She would be thirsty. And he begins to talk to her. And I don't have time to preach all of this. We'll get stuck here tonight. Uh, but in, in verse number 13 and verse number 14, he points at the well uh, and he said, uh, whoever drinks of this water uh, is going to be thirsty uh, again. Ooh, I could preach for a moment here. You just go home and look up uh, uh, the Urban Dictionary definition of thirsty. Heller. Never satisfied. Always looking. Thirsty. As a matter of fact, he said, where's your husband? Uh-huh. Yeah, until y'all go get the Urban Dictionary, you won't know what I'm talking about. Wait, where's your husband? She, she said, well, I, I don't have a husband. He said, you got that right he said, you've had five of them. And the one you're with now ain't even yours. Thirsty. Can't be satisfied. From one to the other to the other. Trying to satisfy a, a thirst uh, that only God can satisfy. Can I just preach to some young men uh, and to some young ladies in the building uh, that getting married uh, is not the answer uh, to your thirsty problem? Because you'll get married uh, and you'll stay thirsty uh, and you'll start going to another well looking. Come on, it's not the answer uh, because, oh, I, I, got, I, got, I got to stop, I got to stop. Marriage isn't the answer to fornication. All it does is graduates into adultery. 
because it's simply a sign uh, of the thirsty condition uh, of the human spirit uh, that can only be fulfilled uh, by the presence uh, and the power of God. Uh, when you get the Holy Ghost, uh, he said it'll be in you uh, a well uh, springing up uh, into everlasting uh, life. If you knew uh, who was asking you for water, uh, you'd be asking him uh, to give you something uh, to drink. Uh, when you get that water in your life, I don't need. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst. These speak the appetite and the desire of mankind. Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst. I love the way that the writer writes it in Psalms, or the book of Job, rather, chapter 23, and verse number 12. Job said, neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Is there a hunger in you uh, that says, I got to know, uh, I got to have uh, the word. Uh, uh, you see, uh, when, when your hunger's messed up, uh, you, you won't spend very much time uh, in the refrigerator. Uh, when, when your hunger's messed up, uh, you're not really concerned about this. Uh, when you're not hungry, uh, but somebody uh, who's hungry uh, says, I got to have it. Uh, I got to consume it. Uh, I got to get it inside of me. Uh, and it is a, it's at a primary uh, primary level uh, of survival for the spirit man. Uh, I'll die uh, without his word. Uh, I can't make it. I wish I had a witness. Uh, I can't make it uh, without his word. Uh, I can't live uh, another day. Uh, it's more uh, than my necessary food. Uh, I might not be able to go eat lunch, uh, but I better be able to get time to read the word. Uh, I may not be able to make it for breakfast, uh, but God, don't let me forget uh, why it's the hunger uh, of my heart. It's the hunger of my soul. You ain't got to talk hungry people into reading their word. Just like you ain't got to talk a hungry person into eating a meal. Trust me, you ain't got to work too hard on me to eat a good meal. Just set it down in front of me. Time and chance is all I need at some point in time. And when somebody's hungry for the word, they don't need anybody telling them. They don't need anybody reminding them. They don't need anybody telling them. Now, if you don't read your Bible, you ain't going to make it to heaven. Why? Because there's a hunger inside of them that says it's more than my necessary food. It's more important than my paycheck this week. It's more important than sleep at night. It's more important. Come on, somebody. When you're hungry for it. You, oh, am I preaching to anybody in this place tonight? Blessed are they. Uh, that do hunger.
I love the way the writer expresses himself in the book of Psalms, chapter 42. In verse number one, he said, as the heart, not H-E-A-R-T, but H-A-R-T. That's just an Old Testament word for a deer. As the deer panteth, get the picture in your mind. As the deer panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O oh God. That deer's been making its way through the wilderness. The wolves have chased it. The spirits that would try to kill. What's going on? There's a primal instinct for survival. That deer knows I've got to have water to make it. And so whatever it takes, whatever happens, i got to get to the water stream. i got to get to the source. And the same way, when that deer gets to the water, the deer's panting. It's out of breath. It's dry. It's thirsty. And the writer said, Lord, that's how I feel about you. The same way the deer panteth after the water brooks, so does my soul pant. There's something in my soul. Brother Hammond, every once in a while, my spirit man starts telling me, you're thirsty. You're low on water. It's been too long uh, since you had that renewing. Uh, it's been too long. Come on, somebody. Uh, eh, there'll be all kind of spiritual headaches uh, that start to happen. Uh, there'll be all kind of uh, things, reactions uh, that begin to take place. What are they? They are indicators to you uh, that you're thirsty. Uh, you're dehydrated. Uh, you've got to get back uh, to a Holy Ghost uh, prayer meeting. Uh, I can't handle. Uh, I can't settle uh, for a now I lay me down to sleep prayer. Uh, this prayer meeting uh, has to break through uh, into the living waters. Uh, this prayer meeting uh, I've got to put my head down uh, in the cool. Come on. Uh, is there anybody else knows what I'm talking about? Uh, just a few tears uh, won't work this time. Uh, just a few prayer. Just passing. I got to pray uh, until the pant, uh, till the river's flowing. Uh, I got to pray uh, until the cool stream uh, is bringing uh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place and I'm preaching to some people you've been living a long time without that refreshing spring you've been living a long time so my soul give me the next verse he said my soul thirsteth for God my soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Lord, I can't wait till the next time I get to pray. 
Come on, I wish I had some people in the building uh, that, that are resonating with the word of the Lord. Uh, Lord, uh, I just can't wait uh, to appear before your presence. Uh, God, I, I really got to get to the brook. Uh, God, I can't wait. Uh, I'm so thirsty, God. Uh, I'm so hungry, God. Uh, I've got to get into your presence. Uh, God, I've got to feel uh, the living water. Uh, I got to feel the well uh, springing up in my life. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst. But I want you to pay attention to this next part of the verse. He said, blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness. Hmm. Righteousness simply means to be in right standing with God. I feel the Holy Ghost here. God, the only thing that matters to me is that I'm right with you. Uh, uh, do you feel that right now? Do you feel that uh, righteousness? There is such a, a, a compressed uh, concentrate uh, of meaning uh, in that word righteousness. Uh, it goes all the way back uh, to the garden, uh, to the time that man failed. Uh, at the very beginning, uh, he was separated uh, from God. Uh, and there's something uh, in the primal instinct uh, of humanity uh, that realizes uh, I am lost uh, without him I am lost without being in right standing with God oh I came to preach I'm not preaching to the sinner tonight I'm preaching to people that are in danger of being lost on a church pew danger of being lost with your Holy Ghost dress and your your suit and your tie why because without without eating without drinking, without being right with God. You cannot live. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after being right with God. Oh, come on. Have we gotten so relaxed in our walk with God that we're no longer sensitive when we get off track, that we're no longer convicted when we've strayed a little bit, that we no longer feel the pull of God when we haven't prayed through in a little while, that we no longer feel the hand of God reaching for us uh, when we've gone too many church services uh, with, uh, come on, what's going on uh, with your hunger uh, and your thirst? Uh, yeah, there ought to be something uh, on the inside uh, of the disciple. Uh, Jesus said, blessed uh, are they uh, that have a hunger uh, 
and a thirst uh, to be right with me. Uh, there's something about a saint uh, that every day uh, the most important thing to them uh, is being right with me. Uh, the most important thing uh, is them being ready uh, if I come. Uh, it used to be a day you'd preach like this uh, and the saints of God uh, would already be in the altar praying. Uh, but today uh, we're too comfortable. Uh, our bellies are too full. Uh, we've drank too much of what the world has uh, and we're not hungry. Uh, we've ate too many snacks uh, and we're not ready for the meal. Uh, but God said I'm looking uh, for a people uh, that are still hungry for me, uh, that are still thirsty. Uh, there was a day uh, when God found you uh, that you were the first one to the altar uh, every time. Uh, you couldn't wait to get here to pray. Uh, you couldn't wait to get on your face uh, and talk to God. Uh, you couldn't wait uh, to spend time, uh, but now you're satisfied uh, with sitting in a pew uh, while the river's flowing. Uh, now you're satisfied uh, with sitting there uh, enjoying the atmosphere uh, and never connecting. Uh, I came to preach, uh, blessed are they uh, that hunger and thirst. God said, I'm looking uh, for that hunger you used to have. Uh, I'm looking for that thirst uh, you used to have. Uh, oh, when can I appear uh, before God? Uh, oh, when uh, can I come before uh, his presence? Uh, oh, I can't wait uh, to respond uh, to his word. Uh, come on. Uh, his promise is, uh, blessed are they uh, that hunger and thirst, uh, for they shall uh, be filled. Uh, if you come to me hungry, uh, I'll give you bread to eat. Uh, if you'll come to me thirsty, uh, I'll fulfill the thirst. Uh, come on, you got to let go uh, of what you've been drinking uh, because it's not satisfying you. Uh, you got to push aside uh, whatever you've been eating uh, because it's not satisfying you. Uh, but when you come to me, uh, I'll satisfy your soul. Uh, I'll satisfy your thirst. Uh, I'll satisfy uh, your hunger. Uh, come on, all over this building. Uh, I wish somebody right now uh, would just make your way uh, to this altar. Uh, I'm not going to beg you uh, because hungry people, uh, you don't have to talk them into coming to the table. Uh, you don't have to talk a thirsty person uh, into drinking the water. Uh, come on. Uh, that's it all over this building. Uh, somebody just lift your hands. Uh, lift your hands. Uh, come on. God sees right where you're at. Uh, God knows what you've been going through. God knows that I know you've been smiling uh, at everybody, uh, but you're thirsty. I know you've been smiling at everybody, uh, but you're hungry. Uh, I know you've been uh, doing your best just to make it, uh, but you need God uh, tonight. Uh, lift up your voice. Uh, come on, lift up your voice. If you call on him, he'll answer you. If you'll call on him, uh, he'll answer you. Come on. He said, draw nigh unto me, and I'll draw nigh unto you. Come on, he's here right now. Come on, somebody lift up your voice. Somebody lift up your voice and begin to talk to God. Somebody lift up your voice and begin to talk to God tonight. Come on, I need you, Jesus. Blessed are they uh, that hunger and thirst. Uh, 
after righteousness. I gotta have you tonight, God. I can't wait. I can't wait till later on. I can't wait till I get home. I can't wait till Sunday. I can't wait till prayer meeting on Thursday. Lord, I'm hungry. Lord, I'm thirsty. Come on, he's going to fill you. He's going to touch you tonight. He's going to fill you tonight. Come on, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Come on. Only you can satisfy. Come on, in Jesus. My soul. Come on. Only you can satisfy. Come on, right here. On this Tuesday night. 